Yep, I love that Frankenstein switch. That's not how you power that stuff up, though. I used to be a werewolf, but I'm all right now. (laughs) You're a little Jekyll and Hyde and a little steampunk is what you are. (laughs) Welcome to Midsummer Maniacs. A comedy recap podcast of the ITV series Midsummer Murders. Each week we dig into an episode of the show, including the murders, the mayhem, the loonies, and everything else we love. I'm Sarah. And I'm Mark. Welcome to season 22 (laughs) <laughs> Episode one. Yes. The Wolf Hunter of Little Worthy. Uh, just two things off the top. As we always mention, this is a spoiler podcast. So we'll we're going to ruin you, everything for we're you. We're going to ruin everything for you. So if you haven't seen the episode, stop and come back. Yes. Uh, also, if you let your kids watch American Werewolf in London, I mean, The Wolf Hunter of Little Worthy, then they should be able to. If they can handle to the naked Father Brown butt. They can handle this podcast. It's a lot of naked Father Brown butt. Mark Williams is a brave man. Yeah, it's awesome. Yep. You know what he would have been wearing, by the way? What he would have actually had on? What do you mean? Well, he's really not showing his dingle dangle to those two actors. I think he is. No. Remember way back when we had the relish episode and we talk about- we, We talked about that. I, I agree that that's what mostly happens. Yes. I don't think it happens. In this <laughs> As a professional, I'm sure he has on some kind of adhesive covering to hide his dingle dangle. I think Mark Williams is dingle dangles dangling. He's letting his father Brown fly. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> I think he would probably go, no, we don't need that. I think he would. he's a professional actor and he would say, of course, I don't expect these other people to be exposed to my nakedness. We'll have to have him on the show. <laughs> well, one of the three people in that scene, we yes. need to ask. Oh, the four, because Ronnie's there too. Yeah. We need to say, so, was his Father Brown showing? <laughs> or did he have it covered up? Uh, we did a mini episode for this, which was called mini episode 10, which was called Succumb to Glamping. <laughs> yes. Uh, and we asked you to look for a couple of things that we'll go over. We asked you to look for references to a particular movie that was dear and dear to my heart, which mm-hmm. is American Werewolf in London. Because there's lots. Which I've probably seen. A dozen times. 35 <laughs> times, maybe. <laughs> I watch it at least three times a year. Wow. I didn't realize Easily. you saw it so many times. Yes. Yes. It It is fantastic. That yeah, movie. but it's not that good. Oh, it is. Okay. It is. It is indeed. We asked you to look at the Crossways sign. We asked you what other Acorn shows are references along with Father Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, we asked you about a Sinatra reference, yeah. which we'll talk about. And we also asked you to look for wood palettes that were painted yellow and dream catchers. Yes, because there's a lot of them. Somebody had, there was a sale on yellow palettes. Yeah, yeah, there was a sale on yellow paint. And they made that giant palettes. logo thing. How do you think they did that? Oh, it's foam. It's, it's definitely foam. carved it's de- foam. It's definitely for sure. carved foam. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Everything okay. else is plywood and wood palettes. Yep. 
which good for them. UK broadcast date, the 4th of April, 2021, filmed in October, November, 2020. So this would have been filmed during pandemic. Yeah. 5.18 million views directed by Matt Carter and written by Chris Murray. Set in Littleworthy, which we mentioned in the mini, uh, is a completely different town than Mm -hmm. when it previously appeared. Do you remember which episode? No. It was uh, the Small Mercies episode about the little village, the little Pusian village. Oh, that's a different side of town, I guess. Uh, yeah, considering <laughs> that town was about to go under because the the miniature village was going to get closed down. And I can only think that the two old ladies who ran the miniature village would have something to say about the hub. I would think so. They would be like, oh, this is ruining our village. And a wolfman definitely would have been on their bad list. Yeah, absolutely. There must be a line down the middle of Little Worthy that they don't cross. That's the other Little Worthy. The other. It's l- a lower Little Worthy. Little Worthy. We live in Upper, upper Little Worthy, which is further down the hill. <laughs> oh, boy, do we start with a fantastic story. Yeah, so the whole conceit in this episode, if you don't remember, is that there's been a contest for an urban legend, which is... No, no, the whole conceit of this episode is Mark Williams's accent in this <laughs> oh, episode. yeah, he's great. <laughs> Father Brown is great. Um, but it's not an urban legend if it's set in Little Worthy. No. It's, it's- a village legend or You did in something. fact mention that in the mini also. Um, but they've had this contest and this character, the wolf hunter, yes. has emerged as the winner. And so it's become a meme. Yes. And so... There's a whole theme in this episode of old people not understanding new stuff. Or not really new stuff. Because we'll get to actual origins of memes. Well, but the internet's new and glamping yeah. is new, yeah. so old people can't like it, whatever. 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 So we've got this wolf hunter who doesn't, or does he, hunt wolves. He's not a wolf. He's a man raised by wolves. But he's a killer. But he kills. But does he kill wolves? No, I think no. he's a killer of people. He's he hunts a as killer. a wolf. Yeah. <laughs> He has claws and a pistol. Yes. A flintlock pistol and a cane. He's carrying a a lot of stuff. He has a lot of stuff. And dresses kind of like a highwayman. I'm going to say this because I see this quite often. It looks like a character that was created by an Mm eight-year-old. It's like, he's going to have a cape and a cane and a gun and Wolverine claws. Yeah. And... Oh, but but steampunky. So put some like gears and stuff on his on his gloves and then maybe some like little poisony like pokey bits on his knuckles and um, then he's got to wear a mask and it has to have red eyes. But but not a realistic wolf mask. It should be really low poly peppacora angular looking mask and it should have um, flecky stone like spray paint on it. Yeah, it's very strange. It's a mix. Yeah. And in the exhibition, he's standing sort of like he's about to be burned alive. Did you notice that? There's like a, a wood pile at his feet. Yeah. I don't I don't understand that. I don't understand what the red eyes have to do with it or how quickly she paints them. Does the, she have a stencil for that? Oh, yeah, it's definitely a stencil. You can tell it's a stencil. It's got edges okay. on it. I realize it. Ha- we can tell it's a stencil. What I don't get... Because Mel's the killer, by the way, is that she's if she's very short. She's maybe five feet tall. She must have had a ladder she when runs she painted the him. ladder and, and that 
stencil, stencil and spray paint. Spray paint. Oh, she's busy Very painting. quick. Yeah, so. yeah. But still can't hit Aunt Sally to save her life. <laughs> or she can jump. Maybe she can Maybe. jump. Maybe. <laughs> so as, as this story gets told, it turns out that it's funny and stuff like that. And we see our first palette mm. at this point in time. Did because you... we also have... The Yarrow Glamping Site. This is where the story is being told. Yes, which has been a campsite for a long time, but was recently converted to a glamping site. It's glamour camping. Yes. Which means you have to have yurts. Yes. They're required. Yes. And fancy teepees. Yes. Fancy teepees. You can have a yurt or a fancy teepee, one or the other. And cedar saunas. Yes. Now, I like that hot tub. Oh, I do too. <laughs> it's cool. I would gladly sit in that hot tub. You know me. I I love hot tubs. Yep. But, you know, not everybody likes glamping. Yes. So Pat and Ronnie, who have been coming there in their little VW bus yes. for 36 years to camp, which to them is extend the awning on the buggy and sit outside in chairs, I guess. So <laughs> that's camping. I've made reference to this a couple of times. I grew up in the summers at a campsite mm-hmm. on a lake. And I knew five billion people who were like this. Who were like Pat and Ronnie. Yep. I love their names too, because you don't know which one's which. Yep. <laughs> she could be Pat or she could be Ronnie. Nope. So the first palette has some fantastic aphorisms on it. Did you see them? Mm-mm. Focus your passion. Live in possibility. Okay. Swim. Well, okay. <laughs> Go fishing. <laughs> Live in joy. They're kind of mixed up there. Eat a sandwich. Stargaze or tell stories at a campfire. All right. This is one of the only campfires in the episode that is not unattended. (laughs) The one that I noticed is right outside the therapy tent that later becomes the interrogation yurt. Yes. And it says that um, being unplugged is the new luxury. It says no mobiles, no laptops, no tablets, put down electronics. Live in peace. Don't be afraid to fail and be present. They're also used to give directions to various places around the camp with arrows pointing towards. But like on long shots of the camp, you see half a dozen of them. Oh, yeah, they're everywhere. They are everywhere. (laughs) It's a good use of old wood pallets, I guess, if you're repurposing things. Now, Pat is having his dinner. Mm. He's having some cod and butter sauce. I This whole episode makes me happy because fall is my very favorite season. And there's leaves on the ground and there's pumpkin carving. And I'm just like, give me a hot cider and I'm going to co- cozy up to yeah, this episode. It's totally. <laughs> it. it is meant to be a Halloween episode. Yeah, it's clearly it's set in October and yeah. I don't know why Barnaby's carving a pumpkin wearing a tie. They seem to do weird things before work in the morning. They don't understand Halloween in the Barnaby house. No. Not how it works. Or and Betty's not involved at all. No. She's not there. She's off at boarding school or whatever. Well, she's like or at evil 15 or something. Evil like person that. camp. Yeah. I don't know where she's at. <laughs> she's not there because he says he's not into trick-or-treating. I'm like, but you have a child. So you have to be into trick-or-treating. It's required. Yeah. That somebody take her. But still, even when they're in the first crime scene, there's crunchy leaves on the ground. And I'm like, ooh, 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 it's fall and midsummer. Yay. Jez gets killed first. Jez is the handyman who can't fix the hot tub, goes off into the dark woods at night to meet somebody who's arranged a meeting with him and gets killed by the wolf hunter. 
Yes. Who claws him with his Wolverine claws and then shoots him in the head with a flintlock with amazing aim and accuracy. And he has a single bullet wound in his head, which is quite impressive with a flintlock pistol. I'm going to say something here. The person who does that scene Mm -hmm. is taller than Jazz. Everybody's taller than Mel who wears the outfit. (laughs) So Mel can jump or wears lift (laughs) shoes or whatever until the final scene. Something. Because it would totally give it away that it's Mel the whole time if if the wolf hunter was actually as short as Mel is. Yeah. So Jez is dead right off the bat. Super quick. Yeah. Because the credits open to a montage of marshmallow roasting. Yes. It's so nice. Yes, but it's also like slow motion impaling of a marshmallow yeah. on a sharpened steak you know there's like some menace to it too there is some some menace and then it's just a big bucket pours all the water on the fire yeah i'm like at least one fire is unattended (laughs) is out you were upset about that weren't you then we get the shot that's in every werewolf story the moon the moon in the puddle Mm. so what you do is you shoot the moon in the puddle this is cgi created in this episode yeah and then you step in the puddle because that right. breaks the reality that it's... Not that the sky that you're looking it's, at. It's a puddle, a reflection that you're looking at. And But this time it happens in the daytime. Yes. <laughs> I don't get that, but okay. Sometimes you can see the moon during the day. Well, you can at the very end of the episode. Yeah, the oh, well, yeah. So then we see the pub for the first time. Mm-hmm. Now, at this point in time, we don't see the sign very clearly. We the see lamb. that it's the lamb. Yeah. And of course, my They're... beaker is going off. <laughs> your beaker? Is that what you're calling your head now? My, my beeper is going off. Your beeper beaker head? It, does it go, ooga? American Werewolf in London, ooga. Because well, there's a, a wolf's head impaled on a stake on the sign. Yeah. It's well, quite bloody, too. Do you, did you look at the sign from the episode and the sign from American Werewolf? I did not do a side by side comparison. Oh my god! I'll put it. I have. I've saved this picture for a long time. <laughs> I have it saved, but it is exactly the same. That's like, great. The impaled hair head has a crescent shaped blade underneath where it's impaled, like a sickle. Like yeah. There is no. <laughs> There's, it's impossible that it's not a copy of it. Yeah. That they didn't use it as a reference. Yeah. That's is, great, though. I it like is that. Totally a reference. And I love the, that that reference is there because it is clearly a nod to that movie. And, and I think that it's fantastic for that reason. It's worth a nod. Yep. So there's young people and old people. Yes. The young people go to the hub. Go to the hub. And the old people go to the lamb. Yeah. And the hub is super cool. It's very tacky, Mark. Yes. and They have blinky lights. They have 10 server racks, which are powered by 32 amps at 550 volts. (laughs) And a big Frankenstein switch. Yep. I love that Frankenstein switch. That's not how you power that stuff up, though. I have a question. Do people in this town not have computers or coffee makers in their houses? No. They have to go to the hub to get internet and coffee. Yep. And they have to use one of those six Dell computers that are plugged in there, apparently. (laughs) They can't even bring their own computers. Can't bring their own computers. Like, there's no privacy. 
No. If you're sitting there working on something, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be something secret. But if you're just typing up your resume. That poor guy writing the resume on VerseCV.com. Yeah. Everybody's looking at what you're doing. Yeah. And Josie's sitting there writing up the Wolf Hunter blog. No, is it a forum? Is it a blog? Other people can post. Did you see the sightings section? Yes. It's wolf pictures. Yes, it's pictures of wolves. That's not even what he looks like. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. The well, font. Wait. Oh, my God, the font. Oh, yeah. The With font. all of the curling cues. Yep. It's, ah. Yeah. So Wade... <laughs> Wade takes off on his bike. Well, after he says to Kelly, loser, and does the L backwards. He does the L backwards. Like, okay, if the L is facing the right way towards you, you're saying you're a loser. That's how it works, right? If it's an L aimed away from you. See, he uses his left hand. Now, (laughs) we've seen, we we know about filming, and we know film stuff gets swapped all the time. Yes. So it might have. But there's other text in that frame from the hub sign, and it's not reversed. So he did it backwards. That hub (laughs) sign is pretty special. It is. It's a whole neon sign there. Yeah. I think they probably made that, don't Mm -hmm. you think? I think so, too. That's pretty cool that they made that, because I doubt it would take the plate, the the place I looked online took four to six weeks to make a sign. Well, there's more than one way to make a neon looking sign now, though, too. Yeah. Right. Because of LEDs, you can use like um, black opaque plexiglass and use a laser to cut the shape of the neon into it and then oh. just put blue LEDs behind it and okay. it looks like neon. Okay. It's much cheaper and it lasts a lot longer. So they, they could have done it that way. My question was it might be a rental. Like the motorbike is. Did you know? It says rental right on it. Rental (laughs) clearly. When you've got the dirt bike cam of Wade going through the woods and you see the handlebars, it says rental rental. Like is he going for a joyride? Is he going in a particular because he's not on a trail. No. I think he's going to sabotage a yurt or something. I don't know. But he finds He finds Jez. Jez. Yeah. But Josie's already found him. Yes. And written a whole blog post about it. And it is the most poorly written blog post ever. The writing in this episode. The grammar is horrible. The sentence structure makes no sense. There's random capitalization. I don't know what's up with the kids these days. But it's not like like something else. It's like a blog post about those things that I couldn't read because I'd read enough student papers. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, "This, this feels too familiar to me. And then we had something that's very weird, and we haven't talked about. We go to the Barnabys, and they're discussing Halloween. Mm. And at the very end of that scene is a very weird thing. What? She says, I've found the Red Riding Hood. And he's like, <gasps> He Yay! is like super excited. Is he dressing like uh-huh. What? <laughs> Because she says she's going to be a witch. She says she's going to be a witch. So, so John's going to dress John. as Little Red Riding Hood, which is awesome. John's gonna- I want to see that. Why didn't we get to see that at the end of the episode? He would have his little hood on and he'd have a little basket <laughs> and the basket would have goodies in it and he would have to skip <laughs> and say he's going to see grandma. Is that not a little weird to you? I think it's awesome. It's better than that stupid turtle costume that he yeah, had on when he the, met her. The turtle costume's horrible. He's not going to get stuck in a door frame dressed yeah. as Little Red Riding Hood. No, I love that. I thought that was a great touch. I, I just wish we got to see it at the He's end. He's so excited. Like, he is. Genuinely, like, almost puriently excited. Yeah. Well, and it's not even a very good 
Red Riding Hood. No, it's, it's made out of like muslin. Like you can see the like light through Ke- it. Kel's Red Riding Hood is better. Yeah. Like why was was it cut that when they found her, he didn't go, oh, Red Riding Hood. <laughs> And he didn't like look at her cape and go, that's a pretty good cape. I should get one of those. (laughs) Now I got the image in my head and he's got a little blonde wig on that's got little (laughs) braids that are like bent up like a little Dutch girl's braids. And he's skipping. (laughs) Little red riding Barnaby. Yes. It's awesome. I love it. I may have to draw that. (laughs) T-shirt idea right there. The dead body is Jazz Gladbury. He's got a dad. We'll have to inform him. There's boot prints everywhere and canine prints. But just There's the one. So bullet. either it's a dog that hops on one leg or it's a cane. It's a bullet <laughs> to the head, which is rare in Midsummer to have mm-hmm. a death by gunshot. Yeah. Um, and then there's the most difficult to listen to a discussion of what memes are and old people. Which we talked about in the mini episode. Yeah. But it's this whole idea that somebody came up with the wolf hunter story and then it spread, right? It went viral. Yes. People shared it and there's fan fiction about him now and stuff. Because, you know, the kids are down with the memes. Yes. (laughs) And Winter's down with the memes. So then John says something that... When, when I hear things like this, I go, wait a minute, is that true? He says, I prefer terms not created after the year 2000. So I looked up glamping. Mm-hmm. 2005. 2005. Uh, though, you know, people have been luxury camping longer than Yeah. That, but, and then meme is 1976 from The Selfish Gene. From, yeah. From Dawkins. Uh, Dawkins. Well, and memetics were around before then, too. So it's not a new term. But... To apply it to something on the internet is fairly new. Yeah. Saying that something that spreads in a viral way is mimetic. Then there's a weird Urban Dictionary reference. (laughs) (laughs) We should add Little Red Riding Barnaby to the Urban Dictionary. (laughs) (laughs) My son's dead. I need a drink. Now more than ever. Wait a minute, though. You missed something. What? When Winter explains where the wolf hunter comes from, they're like, well, you're very knowledgeable. He says, well, a friend of mine entered. And then we find out it's oh, Fleur. Yes, that's right. Who Fleur. entered. What did Fleur submit for the urban legend contest? Okay. Okay. What did Fleur submit? Because she's fantastic. Yes. I would think that it would be a female ghost hellish demon motorcyclist like a female ghost rider oh like with a flaming hairdo and stuff yep johnny blaze that's pretty good which is better than what they picked i think she would submit the ghost of a victorian female doctor who avenges women who are mistreated by Bad doctors back then. Oh, I like that. So she specifically targets bad doctors. Oh. Like, like Callow's character and the other Midsummer, where he's the doctor who smokes all the time. Yes. And he's such a misogynist. Yeah. That's who her her person would come after, oh, people yeah. like him. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But definitely a vengeful woman of some sort is oh. what Flora would come up with. Yep. Or maybe an evil badger oh, evil on a badger. motorcycle. Yeah, on a motorcycle. Evil Dr. Badger S. Badger S. Who knows? If you have ideas, let us know what yes, you think Flora would have submitted for the Urban Legend Contest to win 500 pounds. Ooh la la. There's a prize for it. And I love that, that Barnaby goes, 
I'm going to have to pay a visit to that uh, nub. <laughs> hub, sir. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Hub is not a new word. <laughs> no, but nub is so much funnier. <laughs> the nub. <laughs> I don't even know what it would be if it was called the nub. <laughs> Completely and you, different place and you'd that have maybe to, Fleur has gone and to. You have to say it like that too. You can't the say nub. you can't say nub. Nope. It's to be nub. Yeah, uh, Jez's dad Eric is special. Yeah, poor guy. I mean, he's really sad. His wife is dead. He lives in a. He's a little a obsessed with the painting. The same thing. Over. Yeah, and we'll get to the windmill. We'll wind Some up. painters do that though. Okay. They get they go through periods where they paint similar scenes over and over and or over again. Or take pictures of the same meal they've eaten <laughs> every day. A dozen years. Yeah, but he's also got one of the wolf canes because Jez made it for him. Yes. And the killer has one, but it's got a broken toe. A broken toe. Poor Wolfie has a broken toe. At this point, Mark Williams is like, give me some scenery to eat up. Yeah. And he eats it all up because they, they've decided to maybe partake in some of the, the yurt, some of the glamping. Ronnie would like to go for a sauna and a massage. And it's 40 quid. And he that gets, is so cheap. And what does he say? Hokum? No, no. Before he says hokum. What does he say? He says, you could buy a lawnmower for that. <laughs> you can't buy a lawnmower for 40 pounds. Well, I <laughs> did, did you the look into, Oh, my gosh. You're crazy. I looked at cheapmowers.com, which is a, a website for a company in Leeds, uh, by the way, that you should check out. They're, they are. If you need a mower in Leeds, you should go see these people because <laughs> they have every mower And this imaginable. isn't even a sponsored message. It's they didn't pay us. <laughs> Some guy at cheapmowers.com is going to be like, we got a bump in uh, traffic. Traffic. Hey. What happened? The cheapest mower I could find on cheapmowers.com was 59 pounds, 98 pence for a push mower that looked like it would break. <laughs> it had Its width was 12 inches. Oh, my gosh. How long would it take to do our yard with a 12 inch? Well, if you were one of those people in a semi-detached who just had like 12 square feet of yard in your front, that would yeah. be enough. Yeah. Like not even like a non-motorized push bladed mower can yeah. you get for 40 pounds? No, that's the cheapest non-motorized push mower. It's just more evidence that Pat is out of touch with yes. the kids these days. He doesn't know how much a mower costs. Yes. Because he's wealthy, remember? He's yes. a self-made man. Well, in, we don't know that yet. And pumps. We don't know that He's yet. made all of his money in pumps. Pumps. <laughs> he's... He's not bought a cheap mower lately. No, no, he hasn't. Before we get to Ronnie and the sauna, though, when Eric goes to the pub, he's at the lamb. We meet Annie, who owns the pub, but is also the mother of Rowan, who is the co-owner of the glamping site. Yes, and this is another episode where everyone's related. To everybody's everyone related to everybody else. Yeah, yeah. And of course, they've decorated for the season because yes. it's Halloween. So on the bar... There are a selection yes. of pumpkins and gourds. Yes. Okay. A bowl of peanuts. Pumpkins, peanuts. Okay. Then there's a ginormous pineapple that I have never seen a pineapple shaped like this pineapple. Is it a thing in in, in England to do pineapple for Halloween, Halloween stuff? No, no. It actually looks like it's a box. Like there's a label on it. There's like a metal label yeah. on it. We'll but put it, the picture in. So the, we've got the show pumpkins, notes. peanuts. Pineapple 
And I then know, it's missing something. The most menacing glown black glass clown, which is not easy to say. No. Blown glass clown. clown I have ever seen. It is terrifying. Oh, and a giant bottle of eggs behind it. Well, pickled eggs are, yeah. that's part of the bar. That's part of the It's bar. not a decoration. No. <laughs> Please. Don't be silly, Mar. You'd have to paint them as eyeballs if they or were for decoration. But that clown is scary. Uh, yeah. It's creepy. It's got a giant mouth. It's super creepy. Yeah. If you missed it, you need we to go. Got it. We got a shot of it. There's also a sign. Did you notice it in the, in the pub? There's a sign. Mm-mm. They show they show it in the background here, and then they show it much better later on. But the sign for the annual Little Worthy Battle of Aunt Sally is on. Oh, on the wall yeah, there. there's flyers for that. It's the 26th of October at 11:30 a.m. What? It's a weird time of day to do it. Yeah, prize for winning a keg of bitter. It's the hub versus the lamb, the nub versus the limb. <laughs> The other interesting sign uh, that's in the background in this episode is in Eric's windmill. It says, people damaging this windmill will be prosecuted. Yes. It's like painted on on a post in his house. Yeah, because that windmill is like a, like a museum piece. I know, but you'd think they would cover that up. You would think. Jez is dead, and he has a workshop in the village, and so people start leaving flowers in memorial of, of Jez. Yes. But there's a cruel bastard in this village. Oh, so Because cruel. somebody also shoves a wolf puppet in there. Knowing that he was killed by the wolf hunter, that is a mean thing to do. Yeah, there, there's a... It's like if you died in a car accident and people were putting flowers in front of your house and somebody put a model of the car that ran you over there. Or like a, a steering wheel. Yeah, here you go. <laughs> Sorry, your dad. Here's a tire with blood on it. I put it at your flowers there. We also have a midsummer trope here where Barnaby's like, how do you know about this? And she's like, everybody knows in it's, town. It's on the Wolf Hunter blog. Now, mostly because she Usually knows it's because, every, well, she knows because she's the killer. She's the Mel. killer. So Usually it's it's a small village where yeah. it gets around. Yeah. But, but this place. It's updated. It's, it's got a dog. Has a blog. But how do they get to the blog? If they have to come to the calf to get to online. use the internet, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe somebody prints the blog out and distributes <laughs> it because later Josie sure does have a lot of copies of it to burn. Uh, what is Paper she copies doing of a website. when you print a website? <laughs> I don't understand. And burn it. It doesn't mean it goes away. It does not go away. Ah. Uh. Okay. You have to, so this is, did you read how you have to summon the wolf hunter? What you have to do to summon the wolf hunter? Yes. It's on the blog. It's on the blog. <laughs> Apparently he's Bloody Mary. Yes, because you have to say his name. You have to go into the woods alone. Alone. No one's ever seen him. If there's a second person there, no. you have to be alone. You have to be alone. You have to close your eyes. It has to be at midnight. And you have to spin around three times spinning, spinning. with your eyes closed. Ooh. And then... If I spin around three times in the woods at night, I'd fall over. In the dark? Yeah. Yeah. Then when you're done spinning, you have to call for him three times and okay. he'll show up. It does not say specifically what the call is. No. So is it like, here, wolfie, 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 wolfie? <laughs> or do you have to howl? Oh. Or... But he... He's not a wolf. He's human. Yeah. So you have to be like, hey, loser, whose parents left him in the woods. Hey, loser, whose parents left him in the woods. And see if he shows up angry. You know, like, raised by wolves. 
It's like weird Jungle Book. I don't like that know. Level. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely strange. <laughs> or who are they? Um, the two brothers that founded Rome who were raised by a she-wolf. From Mulus and Remus. Is that their names? No. It's something, But it's something like that. Yeah. There's that awesome statue of them sucking from a wolf's teat. It's really strange. I use awesome in a bad sense there. It's yep. not It's not full of awe. It's full of, uh, um, but yeah. We we do need to take a little step out of the episode for a second and update everyone that, that Olive is doing much better. Yes. I did post that she had been sick and she's doing much better now. Yes. Like any toddler, she must have eaten something that she shouldn't have. And, it was, and we had to pay for it. Yes. So boy, did we ever. Sleeping on the couch for four nights in a row, taking her outside every 90 minutes. Yes. So she didn't explode inside. <laughs> Because she was exploding out. Yep. It was bad. <laughs> One end. It was yep. bad. But she's much better now. She's much better. So, yeah, you have to call him three times. I don't know what the call is. Yes. But this is all laid out in an, an entry on the blog yes. that I paused and read. And this is where we see the exhibit? Yes. In the hub. And we see the it's red the exhibition. eyes. That red eyes. Yes. And we meet Steve. I don't know how you actually see out of that mask because there are red lights and inside it, the eye yeah. sockets. I don't know where you look out. I don't know if you can. Josie's, uh, no, sorry, Mel is so short um, she that probably she probably looks, looks out the, the mouth. mouth. Yeah. Yeah, this is where we get to meet Steve. Who who we recognized instantaneously. Well, yeah, he's played by Matt McCooey, who also plays the detective in Agatha Raisin. He's really good in that. Yes. Um, but Steve is Josie's dad. Yes. And his wife has left, probably because he thinks he can make a living taking black and white portraits of the same trees over and over again. His pictures are really good, but... You can't make a living from them. No. So his wife has left, and Josie's old enough to live on her own with Kelly. They rent a house, so and she's he, got a roommate. And he's poor. And he lives in a shack behind the hub. Yes. Where he also develops his photos, apparently. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's old enough to be Josie's dad. I don't think so either. If I'll... the characters are the same age as the actors, yeah. he was born in 81, so he would be 40 or so. Yeah. And all I can find about her, her name is Molly Harris, is that she's in her early 30s. Yeah. So he's like 10 when she's born? No. 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 He's not old, old enough to be Maybe his wife dad. left because... You're a child. I for, I forgot when I started rewatching the episode um, to prepare for this, I was thinking they were brother and sister. Yeah, I thought so at first. And, and he feels responsible for her because she's his little sister, but it's her, his daughter. It just doesn't work. He needs to be older. This is where fake lore becomes folklore. <laughs> wow, you built the entire episode around that one line, didn't you? <laughs> they were working up to it. Um, <laughs> uh, cotton butter sauce in a, in a boiling bag just sounds so bad. Oh, yeah. But then Ronnie has Battenberg cake. Yes. And serves tea. And Winter, of course, has to eat it. And Pat says, the tea is good. A mouse could walk on it or yes. something like that. <laughs> like, does that mean it's like thick or what? Like, what kind of tea is that? <laughs> Winter's obviously happy to, to be like, I'm sorry, I can't finish this here. Thank you. Bye. But instead, Winter is off to follow Brandon. Brandon, who has hidden the orange phone. Do, do you see where he hid it? He hi. It's Jez's phone that he yeah. accidentally left behind. 
He hides it under a bench next to the unattended campfire. Yes. I know that's where you're going. He runs past two other ones. Okay. (laughs) Not this campfire. Not this this, campfire. How is this This not burned down? Now, he has it in a plastic baggie. Now, in the next scene, it's in an evidence baggie. Yeah, because Winter takes it from him and puts it in an evidence bag. I... But I he doesn't to, put the bag in a bag. He just dumps the phone into the bag. I double checked. It's two different bags. Yes, it's two because different Because at first, uh, just watching it, I was like, where did Brandon get an evidence bag? Yeah. <laughs> like, why did Brandon put it in an evidence bag? Now, um, if you were Brandon, would you go ahead and throw it when Winter's like, stop, but he's oh, all the yeah. way on the other side of the pond? Oh, You'd yeah. throw it anyway? Yeah. Because then the frogman would have to come out and, and dredge the pond and find it. I don't know why Brandon's here in this episode. <laughs> He doesn't really do much. To his, be suspicious of his wife. His doing wife nothing does wrong. less and she's, he is the final victim, but that's sort of. I guess. I don't know. It, so then Ronnie goes to the sauna. Somebody sabotages it. She almost doesn't get out. And Pat is mad. Oh boy. Pat is mad. Like he goes at Brandon and then Brandon, because he just makes one mistake after another goes like, makes like a death threat to him yeah, in front like, of the wow, police. Wow, that escalated quickly. Like, geez. All he's saying is, you almost killed my wife. I don't trust your... No, no. He your yurts or ki- whatever. He didn't, almost, he didn't almost kill his wife. He almost kicked his wife. <laughs> and then Brandon's like... You kicked my wife. Oh, yeah, well, I could just kill you. And like, oh, I guess I just said, oops, sorry, I'm... I know I'm probably already in trouble for the phone. And this is the first incident that is thou discussed in the interview, Yort. 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 <laughs> that control didn't smash itself. Well, it's not how electricity works or no saunas or anything. That so, one little box would not yeah. take power out for the whole glamping site. There's no way the lock on the sauna is electronic and defaults to locked when the power goes out. Yeah. But doesn't affect the power that controls the temperature of the sauna. Poor Ronnie. Where was your wife? I was in the forest talking to my chi. Ronnie, who's played by Siobhan Redmond, who you might know from Queens of Mystery. Yes. Lately. Um, But she was also Prue Plunkett in last year's model. Yes. Back in 2006 of Midsummer. I really like Pat and Ronnie. I do too. I want a Pat and Ronnie show. I know he's trouble. He's trouble, but he comes through at the end. Yeah, but he's got reason to be trouble. Yep. And he's just kind of having fun. Yeah. People watching and stuff. He you is. Know? I, like, I could totally hang out with him. He totally is at the age of, well, I'm just going to have fun now. Yeah. He's not grumpy or angry, except when his wife almost gets kicked. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, did you read the headlines in the Midsummer Mercury that he's reading when he's taking a nap yeah, in his chair? Um, one about cost and council plan for new parking restrictions. Yes, new parking restrictions. And local handyman murdered in wolf hunter killing. <laughs> That's a bad headline. Most people in, in Costin will be like, oh, another one. More parking restrictions? <laughs> exactly. And somebody got killed? Oh, whatever. Barnaby and Winter go to the pub. And we have another America Werewolf in London reference. The tumbleweed moment. The they tumbleweed. walk in and it and goes everybody silent. Everybody goes silent. Because there's no reason for that. No. But it happens in American Werewolf in London. Because this this is a place that tourists, they're trying to attract tourists to. So even though the lamb is not the touristy spot in town, they shouldn't mind people they don't recognize coming in. But then Annie has the best rant 
about her daughter. She certainly does not like liberal people. She says, this was before my daughter went, and I quote, do lally, new agey, trendy lefty, pinko liberal, glamping mad. Go mom. Do you know where pinko comes from? Pinko is like from like communists. It's a, it's a sympathizer. Yeah. Right? So you're not a red, you're a pink. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know that Nixon called somebody a pinko once in a debate? Wow. And she was a female candidate. So he said she was a pinko all the way down to her pink underwear. Wow. Yeah. You cannot do that. If he did that now, woo, be out. I don't know. American politics this week is taking That's weird. true. Who knows? That's all hook'em. 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 Do you know where hook'em's from? No. It's from theater slang, which is melodramatic or exaggerated acting, uh, which is probably related to hocus pocus. Yeah. That's why I've always thought of hook'em as, being, as like fakery. Yeah. Well, and the other thing I looked up was cobblers. And we've talked about cobblers before, yeah. how it's cockney rhyming slang for lies. Yeah. But what I had forgot is that cobblers is short for cobblers all. Yeah. And all is a tool. Yeah. Which is rhyming slang for balls. Yeah. Because you, you can get kicked in the cobblers too. But how balls equal lies, I don't know. It's bollocks too. That's bollocks. Unless it's the dog's bollocks, which means it's good. That means it's good then. Oh, British people. They're so very strange. Hey, here's a challenge. There's an arcade game at the hub. Yes. And we can't figure out what it is. Well, yeah. Please try to figure out what it is. Also, did you see what you do to upload your CV? No. You can upload it as a PDF, an RTF file, a doc file, or a PDF. Oh, two times a PDF. Two times PDF. Or you can fill out this form. <laughs> That's kind of like LinkedIn. You can upload your PDF and it will read it, your CV or whatever. I guess. What did you think of Jez's workshop? Well, it's not very clean. Mm-mm. And why would you ever put a pair of bowl cutters at that height? Like, Unless you really wanted to just bonk yourself in the head with them all the time. Yeah. Totally. I mean, within reach, yes, but not head height. Mel would be the only person safe in there. <laughs> yeah, I can't really figure out what he does. I looked at the notebook where they find the photo of Kelly. Yeah. And the orders, it's supposed to be his order book. It's like a coffee table, two sofas. Yeah. No something or other. It's not like, I, I don't know what he's doing as a job. Yeah. Except making canes for people guess? and working with someone who's a blacksmith, I guess. I don't know. Sort of. It's confusing. What, um, what's confusing is Steve's moment of melancholy while looking at the pictures. Mm. Why is that even in there? I don't know. Steve's just a broken dude. And then, Eric is a broken and dude. And then we have a weird thing where Wade has the wolf mask. Yeah, because he's been dressing up. Yes. Right? So, but so does Steve, and so does Mel. So How many wolves are there in Mel, this village? Steve, and Wade all dress up like the wolf hunter. Yeah. Well, they catch two of them in the same photo, yeah. right? I almost want, like, later um, when, when Kelly's being killed and Winter sees the wolf man on the road, that's Steve, right? I want him to run one way, and then I want another wolf to come out from another passage oh, going the other totally direction. Oh, totally has to play yakety sax. All Scooby-Doo. Yeah. They should just be crisscrossing the road in front of it him. It is totally Scooby. That that night. And one with, of them should be on a dirt bike. With, <laughs> with Kelly's death, 
is so Scooby Doo. It's very Scooby Doo. Entire, like literally, you have the two people running up to the same crossroads, going. Bruh, bruh. I'm a wolf. You're a wolf. I'm a wolf. wait a minute. And then they mirror each other. One goes one way. That one goes the other. <laughs> is it a mirror? No, it's another wolf. It, ah! It's Run away. Totally Scooby Doo. <laughs> it's absolutely Scooby Doo. So we get to go to Eric's windmill. Yes. This Barnaby is the, goes out to talk to him. The Brill windmill on that's in Brill Aylesbury. Okay. It's beautiful. It is a beautiful windmill. But it, there's something weird about it that we don't understand. So there is a an arm or a leg that comes off of the windmill. Mm-hmm. That has a wheel on it. Yes. That you use to push it around because you can't have a stationary windmill. No, it has to be facing the wind. It has to be. So you have to adjust it. But. It goes through the stairs. It goes through the stairs. Yeah. So if it's no longer a functioning windmill, I get it. Yeah. It doesn't have to turn anymore. Yeah. But why would the leg still be there with the wheel on it if it no longer turns? I don't know. And if you just wanted to keep it because it was historical, why would you put it down the middle of the stairs? Yeah, there's a bunch of walking trails here. I'm assuming it's like a museum or a listed site. Yeah. Um, We need to go to England so that we can go, oh. That's how that works. That's how that works. And then leave right away. (laughs) We're just here to look at this one place and... Uh, no, because we would have to go to Jonathan Creek's windmill too. Oh, we and check it out. We can't go to England ever again because there are too many places that we need to go to. Mm-hmm. Then Kelly and Josie get the wolf eyes. Yes, <laughs> Mel and her spray paint are at it again. She's fast and and crisp. Yes, that's a really it's, it's good a, stencil. It's a good stencil. Yeah. <laughs> So many people are doing so much in broad daylight in this episode that I don't understand how they're not seen. I mean, Wade is going around on a dirt bike with bolt cutters. Josie is going around spray painting stuff. Then she's going around dressed as the wolf and nobody sees her. I just, I just, I just don't understand how none of these people get caught. Yeah. But then we get the subplot of Ronnie reading the Daisy book and taking her daily walk out to Daisy Cottage. Yes. Which is the whole reason why they come to this spot, to Little Worthy, every year to camp. And the twin brothers who play the piano in this. No, no, different abandoned cottage. Okay. This one doesn't look abandoned at all. No. But the padlock has been painted to match the door. Yes. (laughs) It's only been abandoned since 36 years ago. Yes. So... It really hasn't, I mean, I don't know how fast it would fall apart, but nobody's think. been living there for that long. But their whole purpose is that they've, they had a baby back then that they put up for adoption and they hope that by coming back to that place, because they included a postcard that the baby will, that the baby would up. come back there too. Yes. And maybe just happen to be looking for her parents the same time they're there on vacation, I guess. I guess. The Daisy book is a book of poetry from Little Worthy. Yes. It's from Little Worthy. It's a, it's a made up book. It's a collection though. Yeah. It has no author. Nope. You got to wonder what those poems are. <laughs> oh, how I was left alone. And must kill people now. Yes. <laughs> Barnaby in his little red cape tiptoes down the main street. So Kelly lives 
with Josie. That's her name. Mm -hmm. And then Kel has decided to leave. Mm -hmm. Because she's an aspiring actress. But she doesn't tell anybody. No. She packs a few things in a little backpack. And she has no family in this town. She's 18, by the way. Yep. Because Mel came to town the same year Kelly was born. Yes. Where Kelly's family has gone, we don't know. We don't hear. Well, they're they're in Scotland. Oh, that's right. Why is Kel in this village? I don't know. She was born there, and then her parents left, I guess. Maybe she she will become abandoned and want to kill if, people. Hey, if everybody whose parents left them or put them up for adoption became a wolf-themed serial killer, they would be everywhere. Yes. Everywhere. So Kelly wants to go off and become an actress. So she dresses up like a little red riding hood. For no reason whatsoever. And goes off in the middle of the night to the cemetery music to the cemetery i don't know who she thinks she's meeting i don't know either and at this point in time in a small village in england there are three people in peppercora masks (laughs) dressed as wolf hunters dressed as wolf hunters (laughs) and still jamie sits in his car and goes huh that's weird i'm gonna get out of your car i'm gonna honk at him beep beep and he goes wait Wait is worse than stop, or I'll say stop again. And then runs a block and gives up. Yeah, he just gives up. Meanwhile, the real killer, dressed as a wolf, is behind him, killing somebody. Okay, Kel was leaving. Okay, right. But when Josie follows her, the star of the episode gets featured yet again. The dang squeaky barber sign. Yes. Why is it on in the middle of the night? Why, Why is it rotating in the middle Why of the night? Why is it a barbershop? It makes that noise like the whole village must hear it. Yeah. My notes say that thing needs some oil. Uh-huh. Okay. Kelly gets killed. She no, gets, no, no. She gets crucified. Okay, before Kelly gets killed. <laughs> during the Scooby-Doo moments. Uh-huh. Okay, you're Kelly. Pretend. Okay. You get, you get your little red riding hood. I do. Fit on. Yep. Okay. And tiptoeing into the cemetery. How are you leaving town? I don't know. I'm meeting somebody at the cemetery. Who? I don't know. Because how would you normally leave town? You get in a you car. You get on a bus. Get on a bus. In the daytime, you'd say, I'm leaving because I'm 18 and I can go where I want and I would leave. But no, she's creeping away in the middle of the night with very few things. A girl her age who's fashion conscious would have far more than she could fit in a little backpack. Yeah, she would have a rolly bag for sure. At least. Yeah. So she gets killed in the cemetery. Yes. On a gravestone that looks like a cross. Yes. And the killer has thought ahead to buy a wreath. Yes. Or maybe there was already a wreath there. Maybe. And Mel puts it on Kel. My notes for this section say the wolf hunters... Mel, again, is super fast. Super fast. Because Winter can't be two blocks away. Yeah. He hears the shot, and she has time to hoist Kelly up onto this tombstone. She's super strong, too. And use the wreath around the stone and her neck to hang her from it. Yep. Having clawed her and shot her. And then picks up her cane and her gun and and her claws and runs away. In her borrowed boots. Yes. Because I guarantee Eric's feet are bigger than Mel's. So the boots don't fit. No. And they're lopsided. So she's like, ka-clunk, 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 through through the cemetery. That, it just, it seems rushed. This is where we get the Sinatra reference. Oh, That you couldn't find. Okay. 
because Fleur, who's been looking at the, all the boots in the village. Oh, that's says, right. These boots were lopsided as if the person who regularly wears them has a limp. Yes. And she says, let's hope these ones are made for talking. Yes, because it's a than, Nancy Sinatra reference. Still Sinatra. It's still Sinatra. I got you. Yep. Because it's a reference to these boots are made for walking. Yes. And that's just what they'll do. And that's so Fleur. One of these days, these boots are going to tiptoe out of the cemetery after killing you. Dong, 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 dong. A big dragon scares a scaredy cat. It is a big dragon to put inside the door. And he's been out all night. Yes. He's coming back in the morning. It's like 7.10 in the morning. Yes. Sarah's getting ready to go to work. Betty's off at killer camp. So Barnaby's rolling in first thing in the morning. He's tuckered out. I don't blame him for being surprised by the giant dragon. Why is it in the house? I don't know. Nobody's going to see it. It is big. I think it's taller than the front door. Yes. Trick-or-treaters are not going to see it. I heard the news about Kelly because I killed her. (laughs) Yeah. She is. Okay. We've said this so many times, but Mel is Looney Tunes. Yes. Like in the greatest Scottish Looney McTooniness, she does so many things that an actual killer who felt guilty would never do. I don't know. I think she is mm, a psychopath. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. She's broken, but she has built an entire life around the way she is broken. Yes. Now, Sarah, I know that there's a killer loose in town. Mm-hmm. I know the killer has killed two people uh-huh. in two days. Uh-huh. This is a ginormous threat to this village. Yeah. It's time for Aunt Sally. <laughs> Nothing gets in the way of the Aunt Sally tournament, Mark. Okay, wait a minute. It's an annual event. It is not a tournament. Because whoever is there gets to throw <laughs> the thing. It's casual. They swap but out people on their for their team. It's more beer. Okay? <laughs> it's not casual. There's no matter who's on what team. Doesn't matter. I love when Barnaby and Winter walk up and Annie goes, wait a minute, can we have him instead? <laughs> they, she wants Winter on their team instead. <laughs> you just make up the teams and no one is any good at this. This, this is, is the annual event. No, Somebody must have practiced. This is them being welcoming to outsiders to the village. Now, why is Fleur there? I don't know. Uh, She's do. just randomly hanging out in her fa- favorite orange sweater. That orange sweater is amazing. She not only throws that thing, but she throws it with her purse on her other shoulder. She didn't even put her bag down. But she doesn't actually throw it. No, then. but she does. You know she does. Fleur's awesome. Yeah. Fleur would secretly be like a world champion Aunt Sally player and not mention it. Yes. She could throw it from her sidecar and still have I know it. why she's there, because she's taking a break, break from reading Josie's blog. Yes. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's just taking a tea break and read the whole blog. After the Aunt Sally tournament, I'm going to fix the hot tub <laughs> secretly. With a sledgehammer. Yes. Because that's how you fix a pump. Meanwhile, you get kicked if you don't. <laughs> do Lally, Pinko New Agey, Rowan is putting black tourmaline around another un, unattended fire. Because <laughs> it soaks up negative energy. Yes. And Brandon just not only rolls his eyes, he rolls his whole body. Like, yes. whatever. And like glomps off somewhere. <laughs> 
What would you call those things that are hanging from the tree that Wade snips the chain from? Okay, first of all, why would you go up in those things? I can imagine. How would you go up in those? Well, there's a ladder. And then from the ladder, you just leap out (laughs) and land inside one of them. And when it stops swinging and knocking the other people and the other ones out, you relax. And then when you want to get down, you just jump. I I cannot think of a least relaxing thing for you. In my notes, I have Sarah's not using those things. (laughs) If it was like four feet off the ground hanging from a tree branch, I imagine it would be really cozy, kind of like a hammock. Like a hammock. Yeah. No. But they're like 30 feet in the air. (laughs) And you have to scale a tree branch to get out to them. Like, I don't know how that's supposed to work. You certainly can't get out. You must bungee jump out or something. I don't know. But what would you call those? Because I tried to find them online. And I was like, nest in tree, hang, hanging hammock Hanging nest, hammock nests. Hanging, hanging tent seat. I, I couldn't find anything like that. I'm sure they sell them. They make them. They have little pillows inside. They looked really cozy. Yep. But I couldn't find them anywhere because I don't know what to call them. Death traps? I guess. Wade is a stupid vandalism guy. Saboteur. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's not really into it. Yeah. He doesn't want to do it. He's going to get caught. There's more unattended fires and pallets. (laughs) Back to the interrogation yurt. (laughs) Where they have a coffee and cappuccino maker on the top of a filing cabinet. Yes. Okay. You can't hammer a nail on the internet. What? (laughs) What? What? You can't learn practical skills on the internet. That's what he's saying. You yeah. can't get real experience on the internet. But you can learn so much. Like, uh, yeah, but you can't build a pump empire. It finds out that he's the secret angel investor. And then we have Father Brown ass. Let's be clear about how angel investors work. Yes. <laughs> They're not secret investors. No. They're non-public investors. Yes. The people who you're investing know who it is. Know who you are. I don't... You just aren't a public face of the company. I have a company that runs a glamping place, and I need an investor, but this investor is not going to tell me anything about them and just give me a bunch of money. That's as sus as they come. They just want my bank information so they can wire me cash. From Nigeria. (laughs) I think they're a prince. No. So you don't think Father Brown's naked here? I think he's darn close to being naked. I think he has a modesty pouch on. The front. A little drawstring sack that you put around your father brown and cinch up to hide it. No. Can they see his pubes? Probably. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's as close to being absolutely buck naked as you can be. How did we get to father brown's pubes? (laughs) All I'm saying is I think... You know, the, the the little drawstring pouch cinches around stuff, so it has to cinch down, meaning there's probably some pubes showing. That's all I'm saying. And I don't think Father Brown's the kind of guy who would shave. So I think you could see them. And they're probably ginger. You didn't manscape. <laughs> Brought and to you they're by. they're probably ginger. Brought to you by. <laughs> we finally found a tie-in for that damn company that's keep wanting to sponsor the show. Yes, exactly. Father Brown's manscaping service. Is your little drawstring pouch too small? <laughs> you need Father Brown's manscaping. Uh, okay, couple of things about that. They would know immediately he was naked when they walked up. They would see him being naked. Because Only if they looked down into the water. Because 
when Barnaby's in the tub later on, you see that he is stonks on right away. When we can see it from the top, yes. not from the side. No, but and they walk up and there's bubbles. This, yeah. No, there's no bubbles at that point in time. Steam. Second, second of all, did you notice how he kind of stands up and the way they cut it, he's actually standing on the bench. Mm-hmm. So they couldn't have cut it with him standing up, like just he's in the tub and then he stands up because there's a little bench around the yeah, outside. And right? he's clearly on it because otherwise his father Brown would be at like water level. At water level. Right. So imagine the filming. <laughs> no, no. See, here's what I think he did. I think he's in the water with his arms out, right, on the side. He's chillaxing. And under the water, he pulls his feet up and puts them on the bench. Do you think he's that limber? And then he just stands up. <laughs> I know, I couldn't do that. <laughs> Brandon just looks away, looks down and away. Yep. But Rowan makes full Father Brown eye contact yep. for a second, then kind of blushes and smiles and looks at Brandon. But she checks out the Father Brown for a second before she looks away. What I love is that Ronnie, his wife, is sitting there in a swimsuit. She knows he's naked. She knows exactly what he's about to do. And she thinks it's hilarious. And her face is at ass level. It's kind of below ass level, yeah. really. It's at Father Brown level, probably. <laughs> Because <laughs> now, how's your father means something completely different. <laughs> yep. So, so Mark Williams gets the phone call from his agent. We gotta, we're gonna do a midsummer. Oh, okay, yeah, I'll do a midsummer. Yeah. And, you know, I did a billion years of Father Brown. I want to do something yeah. else. Let's do a midsummer. Oh, I have a weird accent. Oh, that's right, excellent. Be fun. Yeah, right. Oh, awesome. Awesome. You get to hang out with Siobhan Redmond. Yeah, she's a really she's great actor. Super she's great. fun. Oh, um, they want you to do a scene where you stand up. And show your butt. Oh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but there's going to be people in front of you looking right at your crotch. Well, that's okay. Okay. I got a little drawstring baggie. <laughs> I got my dice bag. <laughs> I'll bring my dice bag. <laughs> Cinch it up. It's fine. <laughs> I can completely believe when, when, that Mark Williams decided it would be better if Pat didn't have any trunks on. Yes. And they and they said, yeah. it's your character. You want to do that? Fine. We can roll with that. So now I also watched it. <laughs> we spent a lot of time on this scene. Mm -hmm. But I looked very closely. There are no trunks anywhere. No, there is a towel, though. There is a towel. How did he get out to the hot tub and get in the In hot the towel. It's a big towel. <laughs> He's not a big guy. He's not a little man. I mean, but... unless you're flattering him. I don't think he needs a big Father Brown dice bag. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> and I thought, you know it's about time that middle-aged butt gets its screen time because I, we've had enough young fit sergeant butt yes in the history of midsummer yeah it's about time an older man got a little butt time yep you go mark williams at this point in time in my memory the episode ends scene it's also mr weasley butt by the way yes it is mr Weasley. <laughs> if butt. you want to be really traumatized yes. as if a priest's butt isn't too bad <laughs> father brown butt but it's also mr weasley butt ron we saw your father all of him yeah he was wearing a dice bag man <laughs> his muggle was on full display <laughs> I showed it to everybody. Ugh. So now Winter is doing property search, right? Because they want to yeah. know who owns Daisy Cottage. Yes. And it's owned by a company who has an anonymous owner. They need to go, they need to go to like company's house or something yes. to find out 
who the actual property owner is. Yep. And while he's looking up this research on screen, yes. there is another document opened on his monitor. Yes. That is fantastic. Yes. And I can't believe you didn't catch it. I, I, I did not catch it because I was in a hurry with this episode. So next to the window with the property search for Daisy Cottage is a police report from the Midsummer Constabulary. A, a report of a missing or deceased person. It's a death report. Yes. For a man whose name I can only guess is Peter Panatis. It's definitely Peter. Date of birth, 15575. And he has an address. 99 Lobalt Drive, London. Yep. But he's also listed as being homeless. And his job is he's a builder. Yes. But then it gets interesting. It's so good. The time of death is 1455. And we'll put this in. We'll put the screenshot in. Yep. Cause of death. Killed by death. Killed by death. Immediate cause of death. Apparent, apparent death. death. <laughs> Due to deceased. Yes. <laughs> Other significant injuries, perforation to eardrums, and, and we can't see the rest. So he died by being dead. Yes. He's dead by dead. And the county police found him. Dead by dead. <laughs> immediate cause of death. He's dead. See, this is what you get when you don't let Fleur take him back to the mortuary before yeah. you ask. <laughs> this is why we need Fleur. I'll know more when I get him back on the slab, you know, and then she always knows more. But if you don't let her do that, she's just going to write down, he's dead by dead. I don't know. We're going to I love go that document. Because whoever wrote it never meant anybody to look yeah. at it. <laughs> and we so looked at it. <clears throat> Mark Williams is listening to the episode going, at least they're not talking about my bits anymore. <laughs> we can talk about them some more, Mark, Mark if you want Williams, to come back on the show. If you want to be on the show, let us know. So we find out that um, Ronnie and Pat were there 36 years ago, yes. had a baby. Yes. They thought they were too young. They weren't married. They put the baby up for adoption and they've regretted it ever since. And then at this point in time, with the scene at the end, the climax... Mark Williams shows what a great actor he is. Yeah. Because he is still in character. Yeah. And yet he changes everything about that person. Yeah. And all the artifice that that person puts up in public goes away. Yeah. When he says, I was a coward, well, you as, believe it. As soon as Ronnie says, we can tell them what happened. Because he says, it's private. Yeah. It's private. Yeah. But when Ronnie says it's okay, yeah, he changes. And that is just amazing. The two of them are the stars of the show. Yeah. Well, and earlier he says, I don't love glamping, but I love Ronnie. And yeah. she does. Yeah. It's like they have such, they're a very well-written couple. They and are. they have really good actors yeah. playing them. So they put this baby up for adoption. Yes. And they've regretted it ever since. And so because they keep she coming. becomes the wolf hunter. <laughs> yeah, well, they love her anyway. Yep. They're a little psychopath in the really bad coat. We'll wait for you. What? Forever? What? Because <laughs> she's killed two people in cold blood. She's going away she's for a while. She's going down the river for a while. She's not going to be in the Midsummer County Jail where they can visit her. Did they put her in the ca in the cop? Vehicle with the peppercorn. <laughs> no, she would look headless from the back because the, the coat collar is taller it's than her so head. Bad. And so all you would see is the collar and like a little blonde bun at the top. They purposely shoot the last scene in a way that 
doesn't accentuate that she is so much shorter yeah. than, than everybody else. Yeah, because when she's tying Brandon up and putting the gasoline at his feet, she doesn't even come up to his nose. No. How does she knock out Brandon? I think she hits him with her cane. But we don't see that. No. He just closes his eyes. And, and then, then super strong, tiny Mel manages to hoist him Did up. Did she have the wood up. there in the post there already? She must have. I really like that bridge. And it's like on a bridge. I really like that bridge. It's a pretty little bridge. It's a pretty little bridge. And she's, but she's also slipped away and managed to paint the wolf eyes on the glamping sign too. Yes. While nobody was looking. And she, she didn't know she was going to kill Brandon until like five minutes ago. Right. When she finds out that Pat and Ronnie are leaving. She must have like all that stuff at the ready. Yeah. Because the reason why she kills Brandon is that Pat tells her. Yes. That he and Brandon are like chalk and cheese. Yes. They don't like the glamping. They're not coming back. Do you know where chalk and cheese comes no. from? It, it's a reference all the way back to like the 1300s okay. when cheesemakers used to try to bulk out their cheese with chalk to Ugh. make it to make the weight of it heavier so they could get more money for it. Uh, it. It made a bad cheese, by the way. Yeah. It wouldn't taste good. No. But she hears that, looks at the postcard, goes, those are my parents. They're leaving because of him. So, calls him, says, I'm an investor. Paints the red eyes. Hanging in the woods. Paints the red eyes. Yes. I'm a mysterious investor hanging out in the woods. Come talk to me. What? And he shows up. Yeah. And she's going to try to kill him. Going to burn him alive. Yeah. She's got a post. She's got wood and she's got gasoline. Burning him alive is not pretty. No. But they stop her. They do. They're brave. You're our flesh and blood. Pat and Ronnie are brave. Yeah. They could get shot. Oh, Pat is so brave yep. at the end. They hand that flintlock over to Winter as if he knows how to disarm that flintlock. Come on. But he's like, oh, thank goodness. I've got it now. Yes. It's safe. And then we go, is it? Is this a happy ending? <laughs> she killed two people. Yeah. Everybody leaves me. Well, you're leaving everybody now. <laughs> I guess she didn't get placed in a good foster home or whatever. Or the people who adopted her didn't love her. I don't know. What happened to her? They bought the cottage to wait for Mel. They're going to die before she ever gets out of prison. Yeah. Even if she gets to plead insanity, she's going for 20 years at least. Well, luckily, Barnaby has found the hot tub. That that hat. I think it's a good hat. There are a lot of promo pics of him in that hat in the hot tub. It works. Yeah. It's a good hat. But we have other suggestions of ways in which he could relax. A Shakti mat. A Shakti mat. Which isn't a bed of nails, but it's real close. It is pretty close. I don't know why anybody would voluntarily lay on one. I'm Mm -hmm. sure people get some kind of respite from it. I don't know. I looked at the pictures. It looks horrible. Yeah. Or Haruto therapy, which is leeches. Yes. I love that Fleur knows that Haruto therapy is leeches. I don't think they have Haruto therapy at the glamping site. I, I got to say that this episode goes a long way for middle-aged man body, body positivity. Yeah. Go midsummer. Yep. <laughs> All and right. there's a moon in the middle of the day. Yes. And we're done. <laughs> Best corpse. <laughs> nice corpse. Okay. We got... Jez or Kelly? Jez. I, I got to think Jez... Yeah, I go for Jez, too. We don't see much of Kelly, and it's real fast, yeah. and it's dark. But Jez has the little silver bullet in his forehead, which yeah. wouldn't have killed right. him. It looks like it dents his cranium. I think it's their effort to make a, um, a bullet wound that isn't too gory. I guess. And it's not. 
It, there's no, there's not even blood trickling from it. No, and he's got the Wolverine claws across his. Yeah, and he has to lean against that tree and be real still. He does yeah. a good job. Yeah. So I'll give it to Jez. You yeah. give it to Jez too. I would agree. All right. After the credits, okay. apparently Rowan and her mother are going to get along a little bit better. I would hope so. Which I think means that Brandon and Annie are going to get along a little bit better too. I hope so. So that's good. Eric and Wade are they going to go to jail? They're going to get arrested for trying to sabotage the glamping site. I got to think they got to at least pay a hefty fine for vandalism. Yeah. I think, well, I don't think Ronnie's going to press charges for being stuck in the sauna, but they, they've done some criminal damage. So I think they're going to at least pay a fine, but I think it will bring them closer. And I think Wade will be like a son to Eric. Maybe Eric will stop drinking and paint something other than that one view. Maybe. yeah. That would be nice. Mel's going up the river. How about the skeletons? Steve and Josie. His wife's not coming His back. His wife is not coming back. Josie's trashed the the exhibit and everything. And burnt papers. Yes. From the internets. Yes. She's burning the internet. Maybe he'll get a job. Maybe. Who's going to run the hub? Maybe he runs the hub. Maybe Josie runs the hub. There's 10 servers to turn on. Oh, wait, there's a giant switch. It's just one switch, but yeah. somebody's got to make the coffee. Someone has to make the coffee. So that is a little worthy. I have two horrible movies for you. Okay. I'm ready for your horrible movies. And I'm going to guess I'm going to be two for two here. Okay. That's that's my bet. I even have the IMDb open for this episode. I'm not looking. The first movie was made in 2001. 2000. It's only 20 years old. Only 20 years old. Brian Bovell is in it. He plays Eric Gladberry okay. in this episode. Here is the synopsis written by an IMDb reviewer. Okay. Because the official synopsis is just too vague. Okay. While a British film crew are shooting a version of the Duchess of Malfi in Venice, they in turn are being filmed by a sleazy documentary prima donna while the strange staff share meals which consist of human meat. Then there is a hitman, a call girl, and a Hollywood producer all managing to become part of the madness. <laughs> This is not a Peter Greenway film. No. That sounds like one. No. It's not a Pedro Alvamar film, though it sounds like one. It's not a David Lynch film, though it sounds like one. Or a David Cronenberg film, though it sounds like one. No. It's I, called Hotel. Hotel. 2001. Yeah, it is weird. That's weird. It is really weird. Like, The Duchess of Malfi is a bloody play anyway. Well, isn't that the play that... That the, Cully's in? Cully's in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Strangle Me with Pearls. Yeah. And yeah, there's, it's, it's a murdery play. But apparently these hotel workers are just cannibals on, like, that's just what they do. That's weird. It's so strange. That's weird. I'll have to watch it. That's one point for me. Yes. Now, the second movie you may have seen. Okay. It's from 1972. Ooh, in my wheelhouse. And Louise Jameson is in it. She plays Annie Davids, the bar owner, in this episode of Midsummer. Okay, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. (laughs) A low-budget English film set in the 18th century about a Satanist brought back to life when the blood of a virgin accidentally drops into his tomb. As he sets about trying to find a willing virgin to spend an eternity in hell, thus ending his damnation, two lovers, the daughter of a rich nobleman and a young man who was slowly buying up the land in the area, try to find a way to be together. I've seen this movie. <laughs> it has Peter, uh, it has uh, Christopher Lee in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Oh, what is this called? I've watched this in the last five years. I have. Wow. Um, 
I'll give you a hint. It's one of the two films made by Mike Raven. The other one is Disciple of... No, the other one is Crucible of Terror. Yes, which I've seen for sure. Mm -hmm. I don't know the name of this, but I definitely have seen this movie. I almost just said it. It's Disciple of Death. Disciple of Death. Mike Raven, whose real name is Churton Fairman. No wonder he went by Mike Raven. Mike Raven. Raven. (laughs) Was a ballet dancer, lieutenant of infantry, classical actor, television producer, occult researcher, sculptor, interior designer, lobster fisherman, pirate radio disc jockey, and 70s horror film star. Excellent. I'm so glad that he was a lobster fisherman in the middle of all of that. That's fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely have seen that movie. Yeah, so so there's this the Satanist who's in a tomb. Yep, and a girl cuts her finger accidentally, and a one drop of blood one goes through a crack yep. and touches him, and yep. he comes back to comes life. Back to life. But now he needs to find another virgin to swap places with him in hell. Yep, and nobody wants to do it. No, nope. I don't know why. <laughs> nobody wants to to share place with him. Yes, disciple of death. Yep, I get that one too. Two for two. Bing, bing, bing. All right. That was episode 127, season 22, episode one, The Wolf Hunter of Little Worthy. What's up next? The Stitcher Society. The Stitcher Society. And it has nothing to do with the podcast app Stitcher. No, but it has Hannah Waddington in it, Mm -hmm. who is amazing. And where would people know Hannah from? Mostly these days from Ted Lasso. Yes. She's the boss. Yeah. Ted the Lasso. blonde boss lady. And she plays Mimi Dagmar in this. A real estate agent. Just it's perfect. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be a week from today. Well, yes. a week from the day that this releases on Monday. Yes. Regular schedule. So that will be the 20th, the day after Father's Day in the U.S. So tune in for that one. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and email, as well as Facebook groups for Midsummer and Acorn, subreddit, and anything else we can find maniacs And don't on. forget, we're still raising money for the World Central Kitchen. Buy a t-shirt, a tote bag, a coffee cup, whatever. Uh, just two weeks or so, we'll be yep. donating that money. Like, subscribe, or hit the bell on YouTube. The next episode, 127, The Stitcher Society. 128. 128, yes. Sorry. The Stitcher Society. Oh! Until then, keep your Father Brown's undercovers. Bye, maniacs. Bye, maniacs. They they purposely purposely 